Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We live in a world of fees. Airlines, hotels, food delivery, and especially car dealers all charge excessive last-minute fees. When you want something badly enough, it feels like your only choice is to pay up. But what if you had a choice to take a stand instead? At Carvana, we believe in treating you better. With zero hidden fees, you can drive off without feeling ripped off. That's what it means to live fearlessly with Carvana. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. It's movie talk time, and on today's show, we are discussing Andy Muschietti's comments about The Flash being his next project. On top of that, there's a new project brewing over at Blumhouse right now that has Vince Vaughn in talks to star. On top of that, apparently it's a body swap horror movie from the guy who directed the Happy Death Day movies, Chris Landon. I am quite pumped to talk about that one. But we've got a great lineup here because that's not the only two stories we're going to get to today. We actually have three for you. And I get to talk to Jay and Jabby right now. Hi, hi. Hello. Hi. I like the uh, the shirts we've got going on today. Oh, it feels like... This is my I mean, favorite shirt of all time. Because like, it's, it's My Little Pony. But like, yeah. I guess My Little Pony isn't like a 90s thing anymore. No, but it's just the idea that Bane and you know My yeah, Little Pony yeah. would be reaching out to embrace each other in a hug. It's, Adorable. It's my favorite and shirt of all time. Yesterday was Power Rangers Day, so I didn't get a chance to celebrate it. So I should have worn my shirt to- yesterday. Yeah, celebrating Power Rangers. I love how day. I said I should have worn my shirt. Like I have one Power Rangers shirt. Have I, have like I have one. I have one shirt in my closet. <laughs> this one specific Power Rangers shirt. I have to wash it every day. That's I'm just- like me saying I have one Jurassic Park shirt. Half my wardrobe is Power Rangers and Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. I'm laughing at the fact that the caption for the Blumhouse story said Vince in the Blumhouse. Was Shut- that up there? Yes. This it is why was. I have to screen them all first, Adam. God forbid I see them Vince and laugh in, in the, the middle. Blumhouse, and it tickled me so much. <laughs> That's going to be an interesting story to discuss today. But first, of course, we have to get to this the Flash news. So. Reports, of course, swirled back in July that it and it chapter two director Annie Muschietti was in talks with Warner Brothers to helm the Flash. Now it sounds like whatever contract issues they were trying to work out, it's a done deal because Muschietti confirmed to Fandango that the Flash indeed will be his next project. But I mean, let's get real here for a second. We have had confirmations regarding directors with this movie time and time again. Do you think that this is the real deal? Is Andy Muschietti really going to go into production on the Flash movie soon? I think that's the question. Is he, I think that's the question. Is he going to go into production? Like, we'll have a director. We've had uh, Seth Green Smith, Rick Fumiyama. Uh, how many other ones? It was uh, Then it was the, the directors of Game Yeah, there was Francis Daly and Ghost. Yeah, this has been the fourth directorial choice. I think 
think the timing is good. The timing is Ezra Miller will be coming off of the Fantastic Beasts movie, so it'll be just perfect. He'll have just enough time to like figure out his story, assuming Ezra Miller is cool with it. Well, he's one, and he was trying to rewrite a script to make it a dark Flash, and yeah. now he Muschietti said it's not going to be a horror Flash. That's like, the thing I find really interesting. I mean, I don't want Muschietti to be boxed into yeah. only horror. I don't think any creator out yeah. there should be boxed into something, but he is an exceptional horror director, and it's just funny that what Ezra Miller and uh, John Morrison. Grant, they weren't seeing eye to eye on yeah. is that the writer-directors wanted to go the more comedic route, and Ezra Miller wanted to go the darker Dark. route. You would think by bringing in someone like Muschietti, it would be a sign that they're going to embrace that, but according to the quote that he gave to Fandango, that's not the case. They asked him, will it have an element of horror? And he said, I don't think so. What captivated me about The Flash is the human drama in it, the human feelings and emotions that play in the drama of it. It's going to be fun too. I can't promise that there will be any horror elements in it, really, but it's a beautiful human story. But horror and dark are not synonymous. No. Those are two different things. Of like course. Dark Knight was dark. Yeah, you know, Batman, Batman Begins was dark. That's not horror. I well, know, but at the same time, you hear what Ezra Miller was complaining about when when Jonathan, when John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein had a lighthearted fun. Because they remember they did Spider Man Homecoming and they did Game Night, so you knew what they were getting. They wrote Spider Man Homecoming, mm-hmm. so you knew what they were giving you with the Flash, which is the type of Flash you want. You know mm-hmm. the type of Flash that Ezra Miller has played in both uh, Suicide Squad and BVS and even in Justice League. But then for him to say he wants a dark, more brooding, serious story based off of his character for Fantastic Beasts is all confusing. Yeah. So yeah, does this movie actually go into production is the real question. Uh-huh. It sounds like Ezra Miller doesn't really understand what makes Flash so special at he least his version no of clue. it. He's trying to sculpt a different version of it to sculpt a different image of himself and it's not the place to do it. It's He needs to do that with a different story, a different movie. I'm not well read enough on his quotes regarding his take on the Flash to agree or disagree with that and I also don't think we've seen him fully bring the Flash to the big screen so hopefully this combination is is what really shows us that, you know, maybe Muschietti is a great handle on the character, and so does Ezra Miller when he gets his own solo movie. The thing that makes me think that Muschietti could add a touch, I'm not saying full-blown horror, but a touch of what we know he's capable of Mm. from his prior movies is with what David Sandberg did with Shazam, because Shazam is lighthearted and adventure and a ton of fun, super sweet movie, and it's just... There's there's one one particular scene. I doubt that they're going to push it that far with any specific scene in this movie, but but there is ways to put little tinges in there. Look, I see what you're trying to tease that. Look, that movie's been out for months. you ain't seen it, there's a scene in an office where people just die left and right, and you're like, that should not be happening in Shazam. So I get what you're saying. If we get that type, <laughs> like, people should not be dying like that. Like, if you do have a reverse flash, put his hand through somebody, then I, I can see if you pull that off, then that could be considered the dark horror element of it when it comes to the flash. But I don't know what we are expecting It doesn't anymore. sound like yeah. he has the intentions to do <laughs> right. so anyway. It's just a hypothetical yeah. on, situation. On a surface level, without, like, diving into what Mushi he said, just thinking about him and being attached to Flash, it seems like he could bring what Sam Raimi brought to the first two Spider-Man films. Just his sensibility of it. Because, I mean, Sam Raimi lar- largely did, like, the horror movies, right? Mm-hmm. The Evil Dead series and all that stuff. I mean, it's... That's a good comparison, you know, actually. And so, I think he could bring that touch to it. It doesn't have to go full-blown, like, dark, dark. No, no, but of course he, not. He can bring an not edge Spider-Man to it. Spider-Man 3. Not that's, that's, why, no, that's why I didn't mention that. <laughs> but he can bring an edge to it that maybe we haven't previously seen with the Flash installments, like in the film, in the, you know, theaters mm-hmm. so far. And 
that's the cool thing about um, about it is that it proves that he is not just a great horror director. He's a great director, period, because you could look at any frame of those movies and everything is stunning. His transitions are spot on. He clearly knows how to work with a cast that he's got so much in his so many tools in his back pocket that can come in handy on any movie, whether it's a big franchise movie, a little horror movie, you name it. I really do think that any project that attaches him is going to be at a certain level if not way above well, what, what's what is obvious to me is that he really cares about characters yes. and that's what made it chapter two as long as it is because he loves characters and i think that he just wants to honor the flash character as much as possible and i think just it, when we talk about the flash and to, to like sum all this up it's been so long until it finally happens mm-hmm. we've heard about this movie for so long to have so many roadblocks consistently happening so when you say yeah you potentially have a director officially this is his next project yes I don't care about it till you tell me this movie has gone into production and has a release date. That's when I'll really care. I'm I'm be honest because we keep having release dates pushed back and everything. Tell me you go into production, you have an official release date, boom. Then I'll care about the Flash fully. Okay. Could you I, do you do you think people would be excited if anyone else was playing Flash instead of Ezra Miller? I mean, it's a pe- it depends who. Yeah. I, I'm very. I mean, it's the same thing when I think about Henry Cavill and Superman. I'll never. I I know there's going to be a point where they recast Superman, and it's just a brilliant character that deserves to be on the big screen, no matter you know who is in the role. Assuming whoever is in the role deserves it and is a good fit. But when it comes to Ezra Miller in particular. I saw sparks of something special in those other movies, and I just, I want to see more from him. I want to see more. I don't think that Justice League did him justice, and I think this is a character that, yeah, yeah, I couldn't help it. (laughs) I just think that we are going to see what he's really capable of in a full feature all on his own. Yeah. Speaking of Superman, I still want to see the Nick Cage version of Superman. I just want to see a Man of Steel sequel. (laughs) You, you knew that Nick Cage was supposed to play I Superman. I know, I, the death of yeah. yeah. Superman lived <laughs> with Adam. Shout out to the late John Snap, we know, but don't apply one of the Yeah, yeah. All right, I hate ending on a bummer of a note right now, but I have to ask this because it might have been brought up in the office today. If we uh, if we kickstart a little The Flash movie pool right now and you had to place your bets on when Andy Muschietti leaves the project, what would you pick? Six months. I'm, I'm betting he does it. I give it six months. It is it is August now going into September, October, November, December, January, February. By March, he's off. By the time Birds of Prey gets ready to come off, come out, he'll be gone. Remind I'm me, sure, I'm remind sure me the release date on Birds of Prey. February sixth, twenty twenty. I mean, honestly, if Jabby hadn't picked that, I would have gone with it because I what I think might happen with Muschietti is I think he's going to do this movie and then I think he's going to go back to horror and I think he's going to go smaller horror and I'm hoping that their Roadwork adaptation gets off the ground mm. after this movie. So deep down, I would pick that, but I would add a couple more months if other uh, Warner Brothers DC collaborations don't really pan out. Yeah, Maybe yeah. that'll rock the boat a little, but I don't know. I can't even just throw out a number to throw one out. I have to go with, I think he's really going to do it. You're right there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he can convince Ezra Miller of his vision of the story and make it work. It just seemed like it's a jinxed property, just to go, for instance, how Gambit was at Fox. 
it never happened. I kept having directorial situations and everything kept changing. You say that now, it's a completely different situation with all of those characters. Yeah, I, Who knows what the future could I hold? I mean, that's true now, but I'm talking about how this, it, it parallels. Exactly. It parallels you, it, but we'll You we'll, never know what can we'll happen. See. We'll all right. see. It's going to happen, gonna, bro. It's going to happen. I'm going to hold tight to uh, yeah. our hopes because yeah. I'm always rooting for Muschietti. All right. Before we make our way over to story number two, which is that Blumhouse update, we've got some stuff coming to the Collider Video YouTube channel to tell you about specifically today, Jedi Council. Here's a promo. Hello. How are you guys doing? I'm Christian Harloff. I'm the host of Collider Jedi Council. We talk about everything Star Wars. And if you want to catch our weekly show where we talk about the latest and greatest in Star Wars, it's movie news, it's canon, it's all of it. We take questions from you guys. How do you do it? Main channel. That's right, right here. Subscribe to this channel and you can listen. You can watch. You can do all of it. But if you want to just listen to it, you got the podcast feed too. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, you can listen to it in your car. Do all of it. It's Star Wars. Episode 9 is coming out. And then after episode 9, you got TV shows. So we're going to be your sports center for Star Wars. Do it. Come on. Be real. So obviously we were just talking a lot about Andy Muschietti and The Flash, but of course we can't get ahead of ourselves. It Chapter 2 hits theaters on September 6th, and when I tell you Collider has a lot of It Chapter 2 coverage coming your way, you have no idea. I would keep an eye on the main Collider video YouTube channel, the Collider interview channel, where you can already get the Witching Hour extended discussion with James Ransone. There's going to be so much more up there soon. There's so many think pieces and, and spoiler conversations down the line on Collider.com, but one other video that I'm very excited about, just because I got a kick out of thinking about this with uh, Vinny and Dorian when we were at D23 this weekend, is we did a video interview with the adult cast where they told us who they think should play the, I started by calling them the elderly losers, and then I felt bad, so it's like the young the young losers, the adult losers, and then the old losers. The geriatric so, losers. Yeah, geriatric right. losers. You guys just went for it before yeah, the, the I know. senior citizen losers. We got a lot of great suggestions. You can find that video right now on the collection interview YouTube channel, but really quickly, if you could cast one I don't even know what word to use anymore. Old loser. Who would it be and why? Uh, I think I would go with Sean Penn for Bill. Okay. Yeah. I could see I think that. Sean Penn can pull it up. Diane Lane for Beverly. But I got one more. I got one more. That's a good one. Diane. So, I don't want to spoil Sydney anything Portier in the video. For Mike. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. <laughs> you went real. I was going to do Dennis Haysburg for, for Mike. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to spoil any of that video, but Jay Washington should go watch that video because he just came up with a very good idea. All right, I'm going to leave you guys with that. Let's talk a little bit about this new Blumhouse movie in the works. Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton are currently in talks to star in an untitled Blumhouse movie from director Christopher Landon. According to Collider's own sources, the project is being described as a body-swapping horror film in the vein of Freaky Friday. Discussing film first reported on the Top Secret Project earlier this month, saying that it would focus on a killer who wreaks havoc in a small town. So Jeff pointed this out in his article on Collider.com. If Vince Vaughn plays a killer and then Catherine Newton is like one of his uh, potential victims and they body swap, that's a really fascinating concept, especially from the guy who worked on the Happy Death Day series. Yeah, that's weird. Just, oh, my God. 
I love this. I just want to know how the body swap happens. I think that's the interesting part. This is definitely a unique concept. It's very much a unique concept to hear. It's It's, it's basically like Happy Death Day all over again, where, I mean, this one is taking Freaky Friday and putting a horror genre spin on it, just like that was taking Groundhog's Day and putting a horror spin on it. And then with the sequel, Happy Death Day to You, he put in some Back to the Future. So this just seems like the right path for him. I love that Freaky Friday like just owns that idea now because that's been done multiple times before. But it, Freaky it just, Friday. you always go to Freaky Friday. Yeah, that's no the one what. that everyone goes to. I like this concept a lot. I think Vince Vaughn is naturally creepy, so oh, <laughs> I he's think, very, he is very talented. You no, know, I think he is talented, but he has a creepy kind Creepily of persona. Talented. He's yeah. got range. He's got range. He's he's got got range. range. Say, he's got, but like, I've I, watched Dodgeball eighteen times. He, he's got range. He yeah. was the silver lining in Psycho, so. Right? That was him, right? I liked him in Fighting With My Family. I actually liked him in Fighting With My Family. You know what? That's still on the top of my must-watch list to circle back because I think I was in Sundance when those screenings happened, and Mm -hmm. I'm, like, kicking myself over it. i got to get around to it. it. I hear great things about that movie. I'm excited to see uh, Catherine Newton pick up more projects, too. I mean, I first saw her in Big Little Lies. Of course, she had Detective Pikachu out earlier this year, so I'm curious to see what she could do with another another big role here. And especially a horror film. Yeah. So, like, this one, you talk about range. You want to see a different range in that horror will take a different range where she now has to play somebody potentially possessed by her body's possessed by a serial killer that is crazy so it's, that, it's, it's a, a sub genre of horror though because it's horror comedy like happy death day was horror comedy yeah, yeah. You know? oh my god without a doubt yeah. yeah and christopher landon has uh has the skills for that too have either of you ever seen a uh, scout's guide to the zombie apocalypse no. no. Heavily underrated movie. It is just like oozing with color and it's got a lot of fun energy to it. But that movie was a Paramount release that I think it like kind of got shafted right before it hit theaters where I forget what the issue was. I know whatever happened with Paranormal Activity Ghost Dimension happened with that movie where I think it was the release window was was like super tight where it hit theaters and then it was available on VOD very, very soon after. And it kind of screwed with the box office a little. Yeah. Which is unfortunate oh. because that movie is uh, is fun, but the underseen. The Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. It's fun. Okay. Seriously, go see it. It sounds like it's a fun title, you know, just something to hear. Just go see the Scout's Guide. I'm excited to see a woman inhabit Vince Vaughn's body, you know. That sounds exciting. That's an interesting way to put it, Javi. Is it, all right, going back to the synopsis here, focusing on a killer who wreaks havoc in a small town, is that how you see this playing out? Is Vince Vaughn the killer and he body swaps with a victim, or can you figure out any oh, other way for this to play out? Body swaps with a potential out? victim. Yes. Yeah, she's probably a potential victim or something like that. I but, mean, in, no, I was just about to apply Happy Death Day to it where it's a loop. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> like someone doesn't realize until right when the death occurs and then there's a switch and, and he's got to like reassess what he did or something. Ooh. That, that, this, this cro- that I'm, not ready, really the, I'm not ready for this crossover really right got now. Deep in the thought, I don't know what happened there. But <laughs> I, I do like the concept though. What, what, what's the question? <laughs> what do you think how it's going to play out? Is it, Is it, are we talking about Vince Vaughn as a killer body swapping with a potential victim? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, I, that's, the, only way, that's the only way this can go. This... But I just want, like I said, I want to know how the body swap happens. That's something that's going to make it unique. It's going to be an interesting challenge acting-wise for both of them, I think. It's almost like face-off. You know, when Nick Cage and John Travolta switched places, they had to kind of, like, vibe well, off Nick each Cage other. was amazing as John Travolta. Well, a good, yeah. a good comparison, too, could be uh, Jumanji with the kids getting sucked into the game and yeah. then the, the adult cast having to uh, play, them play and- the character plus the player. Well, I mean, but they weren't playing two versions, right? In in Jumanji, 
the adult cast. I think it's the newer Jumanji that has the different the different feel to it. How they have to be different things. Like you have the rock. You have Kevin Hart oh, being yeah, an there, older Danny Glover now. There's that too. I'm just talking about someone's personality oh, yeah, being in absolutely. another human absolutely. being's body or a video game character. I'm just picturing it's like. Vince Vaughn just killing eight people before all of a sudden the swap happens. Wait, I have a really good question. This is so, I don't know, something feels weird about asking this. Planeta Sophia is asking if you have to choose someone to change bodies with from the Collider crew, who would it be? Perry, instantly. Boom. I'm not I'm running. Flattered. I'm not running marathons. So, so I'm sorry, Perry. Oh, it's you're a... going to suffer, Javi. I'm sorry. I'm just so curious about what's going on with Perry when she's not on Collider. That's the running thing. marathons. I'm not doing Running marathons or sitting in movie theaters. <laughs> That's about it. Who would I say? I feel like there's some secret adventure that you don't tell anybody about. Josh McCougar. Okay. Josh McCougar, because I think Josh, we didn't think Josh is just wild 24-7. I believe Josh McCougar goes home with a bathrobe, smoking pipe, and footies, and just sits down and watch all type of BBC TV, and just is real calm and chill, and then all of a sudden somebody will take a camera, and he's like, hold on for a second. It's the wild man, Josh McCougar. That's what I really believe he does. So yes, Josh McCougar. And also get to like experience what it is to be that girl who has got like a, a lot of nerd guys who are just totally fawning over her. <laughs> I'm not, you know? That's an interesting thing to <laughs> fantasize about. This is just an you know, interesting experience. You okay, know? yeah. Just, I can tell you about it sometimes. Yeah. Okay, I'd be Dorena then. I'd be Dorena just so I can know what it's like to think about death 24-7 oh, and evil stuff. I was going to say like whoever's just a really good player in the showdown, but but I feel like when you body swap with someone, you don't freaking swap brains. Brains, you like, just swap their body. But yeah. I really want to know what it feels like to be good at general schmodown. So you want to be William Bibiani, Dan Merle, or John Rogan? Well, not John Rogan because he breaks under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he watches this wherever he is oh, right he now. Will. All right, let's get this question here from Steve Calderon, who's asking, can you talk about that other Collider exclusive about Richard Linklater's next boyhood-style project that will take 20 years to make? No, not 20 years to make. I think it covers uh, characters' lives over the course of 20 years. I hope it doesn't take 20 years to make. Oh, that was my understanding. Know. That was my yeah, understanding. Was that how you read it? That's how I read it, is that he's going to actually take 20, take years, 20, to make. 20 years to make. Oh, like shoot it, boyhood style. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Well, this is the uh, this is the blurb that Jeff wrote up here. Linklater is directing. Yeah, I guess you're kind of. Well, I don't know. All right. Let me read this first. <laughs> Linklater is directing a new multi-year movie that will star Ben Platt and Beanie Feldstein. It's an adaptation of the Stephen Sondheim acclaimed musical Merrily We Roll Along, which itself was based on the 1934 play of the same name by George S. Kaufman and Moss Hart. The play takes place over the course of 20 years, and sources say that... Uh, sources say that Linklater plans to stay true to that storyline. Merrily We Roll Along follows Franklin Shepard, a talented Broadway composer who abandons his theater, his theater career in New York and all his friends in order to produce movies in Los Angeles. Like the play, the musical begins at the height of uh, his Hollywood fame and moves. It, it, no, you can't do this. And it moves backwards in time. Yes, it you moves can. backwards you, you in time show showing snapshots of the most important moments in Frank's life <laughs> that shaped the man he is today. Platt yeah. will play the lead and Feldstein will play his uh, best friend. Blah 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 blah. As the as the play and musical end, when the character no, I don't I don't think, I think they the, I don't think they mean they're taking twenty years to shoot. 
dude, and I think he's sticking to the timeline in the source material that it'll cover 20 yeah, years of their life. The way technology changes <laughs> with film. I, Linklater is a very ambitious dude. I mean, boyhood. You got me there. I mean, like, yo, we already got 4K and we're going higher. Can you imagine how it would look with the evolution of 20 years? That all of a sudden, the actual people who were there in the beginning are still alive. Now I probably would have believed that if it's not the way they describe it here. Because he says sources say the film is being shot in reverse chronological order as the play and musical end when the characters are in their mid-20s and just embarking on their entertainment careers. So it's going in reverse order. I need to learn how to read, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. Uh, Steve Caldron's a super smart guy, and apparently he made the same mistake. It's fascinating, though. Um, I'll watch any Richard Linklater movie, so it does not matter what they announce as the next project. Mm-hmm. I am immediately sold. But the idea of having uh, Ben Platt and Beanie Feldstein work together is really something special because I think the two of them are great all on their own. It's kind of cool to know that they're good friends behind the scenes, though, because I feel like that that group of actors that are all kind of on the rise together, they mm-hmm. just have this really natural chemistry. So I'm excited for them to have an opportunity to work together on something like this. Something this big and I'm just, I'm just, I'm just okay impressed there? at how much I confused myself because it's Linklater and he did Boyhood and it said he's, it's, he plans to stay true to that timeline of 20 years. I'm like, yeah, you the timeline of the. No, of I, the, now I understand. Yeah, yeah, I you don't like, have to rub it in. I'm like, not, I get, in the first, when I read it, and I was like, I, when you said it, I was like, did I read this right? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> All right. I, I think he's an ambitious director, so I'm like, hey, you know, Do go I for it. Do I dare ask you two, two more Twitter questions? Sure. Yeah. All right, let's go. All right, this isn't a question. Dorian, this is for you. Pardis is writing, I would definitely switch with Dorian because he is cool and funny and an awesome dude and gets that bread. We're allowed one bread joke on every episode of Movie Talk. And that was the bread. I feel like I'm indulging him way too much right now, but I'm kind of getting a kick out of it. Collider Fans is also asking, if uh, the panel could be any color of Ranger, what color would you be? As in Power Rangers. Let me think. i got to go through Tommy's history of Rangers. I was was about to say Green Ranger (laughs) or White Ranger. It's whatever whatever Tommy's been, because Tommy's always been like the best Ranger. Yeah. Uh, Let me think. I don't want to be Jason's gold ranger because that had... I'd want to be Alpha. I'm kidding. Alpha wasn't a ranger. (laughs) Um, I I can see you being Alpha. (laughs) Like, well, as long as I'm, like, running the show. I always felt like Billy and Blue always spoke to me just because he was, like... That makes sense. He's, like, a little geeky, and I like like tech and all that stuff. But if I could just pick just a color that isn't, you know, connected to any specific individual, I would be wearing an orange suit. Billy is they how have, I, yeah. B- Billy is how I learned in the, the word future hoax. seasons. <laughs> Look, I'd go ahead and just go ahead and be the uh, white ranger just so I can break every stereotype. If you've ever, <laughs> people are like, wouldn't they be the black ranger? No, because we've done that nineteen thousand times. Just didn't they, didn't the, they mix up the colors for the movies though? Uh, they changed after the first season because the very first season, everybody was like, "This is the most stereotypical thing with colors and rangers." That you oh, yeah, the do. Yellow Ranger was Asian, so then they yeah. made the Yellow Ranger black. Then and they then... switched around. Yeah, they was like, "Let's go on ahead and just shuffle yeah. this all up and just <laughs> put it in the bag and just da Yeah, they made the Asian range, the Asian one black. Uh, yeah, the Asian one was black. Yeah. In, the, in the second go around, in the second one, and the black dude became yeah. a Red Ranger for once. I was like, "All right, we made it." Yeah, and um, <laughs> <laughs> remember, he was his name was TJ, and he made it. He was with Turbo ranger all right you want to try to get one more question in sure sure we've got one from leroy kelly and leroy wants to know will storm be in black panther 2 oh i need people to stop asking this one 
Is this like a hot topic right now? Well, because it's an easy thing to say now, the fact that Disney owns the Fox properties. And, you know, because you always, that's the relationship people want. You Mm -hmm. want the Storm T'Challa relationship because they have a prominent one in the comic books. Ah, I was not aware of that. Yeah, they have a very prominent relationship. And so everybody's like, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. But it's like, you can't just throw Aurora Monroe in there. What about Nakia? I don't think Storm's going to okay be. I'm not okay with that. I don't think Storm's going to be in Black Panther too. Yeah, it's just not. I think because these stories are in development for a while. Yeah, I don't think. I don't, yeah. I don't think there, there's time to just throw Storm in there. I forgot who wrote this recently, but someone said I wouldn't expect to hear anything about the mutants or Fantastic Four entering the MCU. Like, not even hear anything about plans until something like 2022. Is, the Eternals is the setup for everything going forward. I still don't think we're going to see... I'm starting to think we're not going to see any mutants present in the MCU until, like, 2024 no, no, or something. No, just yeah, well, the next phase. I mean, like, yeah, way, see, way, no, no, way, no. way down five, the line. The end of Phase 5 will get Wait, it. But, like, maybe, like... But I feel like the end of Phase 5 might just tee it up. Well, we might do that, but I know for a fact the Eternals is what's... The Eternals is the launching pad for everything mutants. So y'all can stop worrying about how we're going to do it. It's the Eternals. That is the reason for this I movie. I I feel like Disney's all about fan service right now, like the maximum fan service possible. They'll, they'll get it in the next phase. Something. They'll get some kind wow, of... Wow, we're all thing. over the map on this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah no. I feel like this is the real bet to get started right now. I just want to... All right, wait, 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 wait. Let's, let's play, this, play this out right okay. now. And I know none of us are going to remember our answers in something like two hours. So... <laughs> If you had to make a prediction, I'm not just talking about, you know, the existence of mutants. When a familiar mutant, an iconic mutant, hits the big screen in an MCU movie, what calendar year will that be? 2022. Uh, I don't know what calendar year. I can just say phase five. That's 2022. No, pick a, you got to pick a year. I don't know. 20, 2021. Oh, that's way soon. That's I'm sticking, way soon. I'm sticking with... Because uh, all you need is one. All you need is one. I'm going 2023. Because Wolverine can be the one. You can easily just drop someone in the post credit scene of any of these movies. Remember, we always had a we always always have had a super soldier with Steve Rogers. Wolverine was Weapon X in Canada. He could have been in Canada for the longest. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm performing. I, I, I think I, I think Wolverine, I think Wolverine's the last one we'll see, just because Hugh Jackman is so like present in our minds as Wolverine. We've, we've accepted part closer. of the reason why I think it's going to be a gap. I think they're going to that- wait. They're going to build it up right, and we're not going to see it for a while. I think that we've accepted that Hugh Jackman is no longer Wolverine. It's just a matter of who we put in that place. I think we've come to the acceptance. All right, he's done that. He's given us 20 years. We can let him go. He's earned his right, mm-hmm. just like Robert Downey Jr. We, we respect it. He's gone. Now it's who do you put in that role? When everybody was like, it was Kit Harrington. That's like, it's not him. <laughs> then everybody's like, oh, well, it should what's be. What's the name of Kit Harrington's character? He's again? Dane Whitman, a.k.a. the Black Knight. Okay, cool. Then it was like, okay, what about Taron Edgerton? You know, people are throwing names out of who it could be. I think that's <laughs> the Edgerton. one. Some people have literally thrown out Taron Edgerton as a Wolverine. I fully believe that Taron Edgerton can do just about anything have you seen it like from yeah. Ki- from kingsman to eddie the eagle to, to rocket, rocket man. man that kid's got so much range he can do anything can he be a snarky short canadian with a short temper i think yeah why not like why not okay all right because <laughs> that's what Wolverine actually, is. like i thought you were being sarcastic no, no, with me for a minute because i feel like he's he's exhibited some of those qualities yeah, that's what Wolverine yeah. is a snarky short canadian yeah. with a very short temper so that's, totally. what, that's what you want. Well, my dad told me when we saw X-Men that uh, Hugh Jackman reminded him of a young Clint Eastwood. And so for me, I'd, I'd be curious to see how Clint Eastwood's son would do. You know, I know you don't, he's not the best actor, but he just naturally exhibits that kind of that face, that attitude. 
So I just want to say where I'm at tonight. <laughs> That's all I want to say now. <laughs> all right, we'll do that because we should to wind down the show right now. Stuff and he's just not doing enough work. I just want to see him do more stuff. Yeah. You know? I'm sure I'm sure his career will Nepotism will work in his going. favor in a strong way. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> right? Yeah. All right, Jay, what did you want to say now? Oh, tonight I'm doing my one-hour stand-up comedy yes. special at Catch One Underground, 4067 West Pico Boulevard. You can go to my social media, Twitter, Instagram, hit me up. Tickets available now. You know, get the tickets, come on out, come laugh. I'm doing a hot hour on stage. Got other people, all of them. All the best, Jay. You're going to crush it as you always do. Uh, Jabby, where can everyone find you on the internet? Get Jabby on YouTube. Yeah. Nice, short, and sweet. All right. We are going to say goodbye. But before we do that, thank you to Adam in the booth. Thank you to Dorian in the live chat. And thank you to all of you for watching this episode of Movie Talk. You better tune in tomorrow, 3 p.m. PT, because we got a new episode for you. And we're doing some sort of like best of summer awards. We're going to talk about the best performances, the best directors, and some other categories. And we've got Silas Lesnick and Josh McCuga on that show. So check that out. Like and share this specific episode of Movie Talk. And we'll see you soon. It's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.